story. Welcome to another episode of Pilot Boys. My name is Caesar. I am your host. Today I have a new guest for the first time. What's your name? Oh, I introduced myself. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, fam? It's Memo. Um, Memo Torres. Me and Memo, or Memo and I know each other. Memo and me? Memo, Memo and I, I know each other from LA Taco. He is one of the contributing writers, and he is director of Taco Taco Rations, or what is it? Taco. Operations, uh, partnerships. Something there you like go. That. Yeah, he yeah. he he goes out and finds the new partners, and he's out there constantly eating the new shit. It's a tough job. Yeah, me and Mel have actually worked together on a couple. We worked together on. We did the Michelada list. The Michelada list. That was fun. And I also, I guess, directed the one of the videos we did. Oh yeah, the Michelada tasting video with um, Ragtop first. Ragtop, yeah. Yeah. So today I asked Memo to come on for Seis Manos. It is the new Netflix show that's, it's not an anime, but it's animated, and it's, the premise is just like, there it's, are three orphans who are raised by this kung fu master who takes them in after, like, their lives were affected by the drug trade, right? Yeah. And then you kind of just follow them as, I mean, I, I know kind of the premise of it, but I've only seen, this is, this is based on the first episode. You've obviously seen more of it. Yeah. But generally, what did you think of the first episode, from uh, what you remember? Uh, it blew me away. It had all the elements that I grew up loving. So we were just talking about this earlier. I'm older than you. I don't know if that makes a difference, but I grew up loving like the old school kung fu movies, the ones that all Wu-Tang was based on, you know, Shaolin Temple, the 36th Chamber, you know, the Seven Venoms. Was it the Five Venoms? One of the two. That and Westerns. Like, I loved Westerns, mm-hmm. and I loved that. And then you get... That mixed into like a border town, and you throw in brujeria and narcos. I'm just like, what the fuck is the show about? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's interesting because okay, so sorry I I mentioned this. The show was Seis Manos was created by Brad Gerber and Alvaro Rodriguez. So a little bit of background, I guess, on it. Brad uh, Graber, he's like so the, this studio, the one who who animated it and kind of like is is the. The, the, the studio, I guess, not the studio, but the people behind it, it's called Powerhouse Animation. This is their first, like, ever property that okay. they're doing fully themselves. Because they do, they also animate uh, Castlevania. But they're, like, subcontracted to do that Yeah, animation. but so, so that's been kind of, like, their bag. They, they kind of, like, get contracted to animate. Cause, so the reason why they're, it's it's a it was kind of a big deal, I guess, is because it's all 2D animated, which is kind of dead now. Right. A lot of people right. use, like, 3D and shit like that. So... This is their first outing where, like, the CEO co-created this this because he had the idea, but he approached Alvaro, who was also the, the co-writer to uh, Machete. They linked up, and then they had pitched it around. They couldn't get it made, and then finally they got it made with Netflix. But people just didn't understand it because the reason they didn't understand it is because it was, like, a mishmash of a lot of things. It was a mishmash yeah. of... The black exploitation and exploitation films. Right. It was a mishmash of uh, kung fu movies and also kind of anime. So all these different things that kind of like are like a fascination of Latinos are kind of into this. Right. Which, I mean, for you, it like directly speaks to that. You know, you, you were so exposed to it and you, 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 you loved it as a kid. Well, it, like to me, it was like 
you know, growing up, you never saw a Latino Kung Fu artist other than like uh, Jorge Lucas or <laughs> Los Almada brothers, you know. And, you know, you never, and, and anytime you saw them in the Western, they were always dirty. You know, they're always the bad guys, you know. Even the Three Amigos, the movie I love, you know, El Guapo and, you know, all that whole stereotypical Mexican yeah. and, you know, kind of shit, you know. So yeah. that's all you saw. You, you never saw me Kung Fu. You saw like that. And then here you go and you have this show, which somehow they've managed to base it on a border town and mix those elements in. Yeah. Which is, to me, was just mind-boggling. So for me, okay, so I liked the first episode and I think I liked it more once I heard kind of... Uh, Alvaro speak about it because he kind of talks about where his head was at when he was writing it and shit like that. But the things that this is just like my first impression, I guess, before we get into like breaking down some of the, the themes, I guess. I feel like it was very cartoony in a way where like you kind of have to make these jokes for children. Part of that, I think, is because after the first write, like the first pilot script, like writing it out. He he kind of like went to his friend Daniel Dominguez who who co-wrote the series. He his background is more like cartoon stuff. So I feel like he kind of added the more like I wonder if the he... whimsical kind of nature of it. So I feel like it's an interesting show because it has all these things that kind of is the foundation for it, but there is kind of like this childlike dialogue to it in a way where like the action is bloody as hell, and it's an adult show for sure. But the dialogue is very kind of like, oh, whoops, like, we did that kind of shit. You know, like kind of like yeah. very so, cartoony. The way I would compare this show, just to bring a couple of different uh, comparisons, it's it's like El Mariachi or Desperado meets um, Kill Bill meets um, Voltron. Hmm. Okay. Or or any anime. And I feel like maybe the humor in that it might have maybe that guy might have worked on Voltron. I don't know, but it was very similar because it was like you know very you know um uh how do, what do you say uh you know they're very like it was light and fun. And it was like to like, break the mood. Yeah. You know and, and yeah, there is a lot of like kind of the slapstick kind of stuff. Yeah, like the the you know like like the guy will say like oh I'm gonna get stupefied. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, so it's it's the yeah. when he gets some mezcal, right? Yeah, the way he gets some mezcal and all that, and yeah, that was a little like, yeah, all right. It was a little eye rolly, but you know, comic, com- comic relief is the word I was looking for. There you go. That yeah. that that's the right word. So, I enjoyed it as a whole. Like once you get everything together, there are just individual parts that I'm just a little like, I I didn't like the fact that the like master was a little like you know like Chinese mysticism like Orientalist like they very much made him to be out like this asian dude who like knows things and he says like mr what's mr miyagi type shit like but that's kind of like what the show's based in right i mean because you got the brujeria going on too so i when i when i initially watched it i didn't know that they were going for kind of like the exploitation stuff or like because in those films like that that type of movie is very much about heightening stereotypes Right, and they, and they hide them up, but they also attack him. Yes. Like with the, um, what was the FBI's character, um, the guy, the Luke Cage. Yeah, well, he, he's plays. directly like a black exploitation kind of detective. But there's, there's something funny in that, the way they do it. Like they'll, they'll make, they make, so the black man is always calling out, you know, racism by like his white partners in the mm. FBI. Okay. But at the same time, when he goes to Mexico, 
he himself is being racist towards Mexicans and getting called out by his own racism. Mm. You know, there was a line. Uh, I forgot the line, but yeah, he gets called out immediately in the first episode. Like, dude, why are you so ignorant? Yeah. So like, you know, like you can be, you can be a victim of racism, but also be a, uh, like you involved or perpetuating it. Yeah. You were also perpetuating it. But so, okay. Like, I think once I understood that this was kind of playing into those stereotypes, I, I kind of opened up a little more to it because initially I was just like, uh, this is, I, I am a little more forgiving for cartoons because cartoons in general, they always do the stereotype thing. Like, because that's kind of how you understand a culture. You kind of take these, these cultural markers that, you know, kind of signify this culture and you heighten it. Right. So I got that. But at the same time, I was just like, it's still a little eye rolling, like the whole like mysticism kind of shit. But it was fine. Like I think it's not a huge deal, and I don't think it like slows the show down. Because what what the show really like the bread and butter of the show for me at least was the action. Because yeah. it's like really really well done. The animation's really good, but it just I think the the kind of like little elements that make up plot or like the dialogue and things that kind of move the story along. I feel like that's what's kind of lacking. Because I think that this the, the guy who wrote it, I mean, Machete is not that kind of story. It's not like a like a story that you go for like character development. You go because it's like you dumb, see dumb fun action. action yeah. you know? But how did you feel about it? Did it did it bother you at all seeing all that like heightened kind of like I, I gotta cultural t- stuff? I got to tell you, it's funny because I I saw that and then I was like, okay, here's another you know movie portraying the narcos, you know, in the violence. yeah. That was no, also that. So immediately I'm like, okay. Maybe okay that he didn't intend to do that stereotypical type of portrayal of you know narco Mexico. Yeah. But at the same time, maybe the studios are only accepting that kind of portrayal at the same time. Like you know. Well, yeah. I mean, it's funny because Netflix kind of has a little history of it now. Like on my block, it's supposed to be the show that's very like kind of subversive and quirky about Latinos, but ultimately it does have this gang narrative. Yeah. It kind of falls back to these tropes that are kind of inescapable. You know. I, I think for this show, I can forgive it because animes and like animated shows do kind of rest on those kind of heightened ideals surrounding a culture. That was that that didn't bother me as much. Of course, it was kind of like eye rolly to see that like a Me- the only animated or like the only adult animated show about Mexicans is about the drug cartel or whatever. But let's be real, too. I mean, it's it's not like. It's not a subject of real life, you know. It's not like it's not happening. I mean, we just had that shit in Culiacan happen. Yeah, and and this does take place. This you does know? take place in the seventies. So. In the same way, so it's kind of like a art imitating life. Yeah, you know. So there is that element. It's not like they're out of their element and saying that yeah. there's all these narcos and shit yeah. going down, right? But I mean, yeah, it, there is that. This shit definitely happens. It's happening all over the board. Yeah, town, especially you know? yeah, within so. the last few weeks. So we hate to see it. We hate to put that portrayal of it. We'd like to see more of the other positive stuff at the same time. Why well, hide it if that's the reality? So it's sure. like, it's an interesting, you know, dynamic. Like, kind of balancing act. Yeah, balancing that. So I want to ask about your kind of exposure to anime in general. And like, did you grow up watching it? Did, was that something that you... I watched... Okay, so growing up, my shit was like... Voltron, Transformers. Okay. You know, so like American animation. American gotcha. animation. And like Voltron, I, I saw the DreamWorks one um, that they did on Netflix recently and I fucking loved it. Yeah. But I, I did some stu- some digging and I guess Voltron was one of the first American Japanese collaborations to try to make like a Japanese American. Like a hybrid? Anime. Yeah, hybrid anime. So it was one of the forefronts on that. Yeah. So 
other than that, uh, my son loves anime. You so. never watched any as a kid? Uh, or even like... So, the, no. As a kid, no. Because by the time Power Rangers came around, like I got into Power Rangers and then okay. kind of grew out of it. So, you never that. watched DBZ? You never watched no. any They're of that? They're the Goku or... Well, that's your era, though. That came out like... I think the manga came out like 85 and then the show came out in the late 90s or the yeah, mid 90s. Yeah, see mid 90s I'm already like, you know. So the reason I asked I is cuz I got pubes already so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason I asked is cuz I grew up watching anime, but I grew up watching anime in Mexico. So I I oh. used to live there for I went to school there for like 3rd grade. My family lived in Mexicali, okay. part of it, and my mom's family lived in Guadalajara, but in Mexicali I would always watch anime there. Like, I would watch episodes of Dragon Ball Z that hadn't come out in the States. Cause yeah, see, all that stuff was coming out right when I was getting out of, like, cartoons. So, I wanted to ask... But I have watched have... anime, though. I do have experience with anime because okay. of my son. Okay. So, I actually fell in love with, like... I don't know if it's anime or not, but, like, Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. That's my well, shit. Well, see, that one is more in line with this one. Because right. that one is an American show styled after... It's not necessarily, like, Japanese animation... It's a little more, it's like, not pan-Asian, but there's a lot of different Asian influences. Yeah. It has a lot more Chinese influence, like this one. Right. This one is more about, like, Chinese martial arts than it is, like, you yeah. know, judo or something. Other than that, um, I've seen, like, Naruto. Love okay. Naruto. Yeah. So, the, the, reason, like that, yeah. the reason that I ask is because me, like, my exposure to it, there was always this fascination, especially now that I see Latinos in anime. There, There is kind of this, like... Latinos really love anime. And especially in Mexico, I didn't realize how hard they ride for it. Because yeah. even here, when I was growing up, they would pass Dragon Ball Z on like Channel 22 in Spanish. So they would pla- they would pass... To me, it kind of spoke to like Latinos' obsession with like different cultures sometimes. In the same way that like for the Los Spookies episode, I talked about how like Latinos love like heavy metal or like right. rock and shit. Yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah. these kind of like cross sections in culture... That are always interesting because not everybody experiences it. Obviously, like we're generation, we're we're a generation apart. But there is kind of like, even though your son didn't, I don't know if your son grew up in Mexico, but no, by that point, like by his age, his he's a generation behind me or after me. Anime had already become like it was pop culture now. Yeah, so we're like anime when I was growing up wasn't pop culture. Right. No, he loves anime. He's always watching all kinds of anime. Yeah. So I didn't get into it that much. I think I would have if like it was my time. But I mean, I, I find it interesting. Like I'll sit down and watch it with them. It was pretty cool. Did you ever hear about it when you were growing up? Yeah. And yeah. was it like those are the nerds that watch it kind of shit? No, it wasn't the nerds. It was it was always uh, what was it? Actually, you know, I, I didn't really give it much attention to be honest with you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't something like it was really around. Yeah. So one of the things that I mean, I, I wanted to ask you because you've already seen most of it. I read this article about how the show kind of it speaks to like this real history surrounding like women's movement in Mexico and it portrays these women as like very strong and like they're not like kind of like because in anime there's a tendency to kind of portray them as like you know like scantily clad or like They've got, like, exaggerated features. Right. And in this one, she's one of, like, the most badass characters. Like, she's, yeah, she kicks ass. And, like, it also speaks to kind of the real movements that Mexican women had, which often don't get highlighted well, in anything. That's very true. She's kind of, like, the one keeping everything together, you know? 
you got Silencio is always like, you know, trying to blowing off some steam or something. He's always like, he's got a chip on his shoulder. She's always like calming him down. And then the other guy, uh, Jesus. Jesus, yeah, the big guy who's kind of like the, the hunk of the Voltron group. You know, he's just always eating, drinking. He's got like, you know, you know, issues, you know. Yeah, yeah. So she's always kind of like trying to keep the group. She's like the center. The, yeah, the center of the group. Cause Silencio's obviously like the anger guy. Yeah. Like he's got like, yeah. you know, trauma or whatever. The, the dark guy. But I was going to ask, okay. The women do you get think, portrayed. No. Yeah, so is there kind of, do they explore that more in the later episodes or like, the, does the cop uh, voiced by Angelica Valle? Yeah, it, yeah, definitely. She gets a bigger role? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And it's a, it's an interesting dynamic that between her and the FBI dude. So, I guess the last thing I wanted to talk about was, do you see this, like the, Chu is his name, the, the, the Kung Fu master or whatever. Do you see kind of his storyline where he kind of takes in these kids who were like victims of, you know, the, the drug war? Do you see this as kind of like a revisionist history where like, you know, Django is kind of giving the slave, you know, a, a story where he gets to rebel against the slave masters? Is this someone who like a story where they get equipped with Kung Fu in order to kind of avenge their, their family or their parents in that way? Honestly, I think you're just reading too much into it. I think it was the only way they could figure out how to put Kung Fu in a border town was to have uh, Master Sifu somehow end up there and somehow adopt three kids, teach them, and then now you have Kung Fu in a border town. Yeah, but that's that's a lazy reading, though. Like, I think that... Uh, I think you can you can definitely extract... when I mean, just based on... I mean, obviously, it's like... It's unintentional. I, I, I honestly think it's that lazy of a of a setup. But okay, fuck that. <laughs> Death of the author. Do you think that this could be seen as revisionist history, where like now they have kind of like this power where they can enact? Like, I mean, this this is what gives them agency. Kind of like this training and like being kung fu masters. That's what allows them to kind of become masters of their of their domain in a, in a in a city where they would be shot down in the streets. You know, like now they become kind of like people who can maneuver through it without being hurt. I see how you can like, like uh, have those thoughts come up and during the first episode, but I'll tell you, like it's yeah, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess it's, I guess it's hard to yeah kind of have that speculation when you haven't seen the entire yeah you show. haven't seen it. It's hard for me to like uh, explain why it's you're just it's to me it's very basic as to mm. like it's just a uh, tool to mix all these elements. So if it's so basic, then what what about it? Do you like so much? Is it just like we took all these things that we like and we threw it together? Oh yeah, kind of like Machete style, you know. Like you want to see a badass motherfucker killing the action, you know. Like you're bringing all these elements together, and this is gonna be cool. You're gonna get the favorite elements you have, like you know, like these. Like Western shootouts. So it's like dumb Fu. fun for you. No, 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 no. They're, they they actually get into some pretty good like ethical questions and dealing with like racism and you know female male superiority complexes and they get into all those things and they're very good about like um, hitting you with little plot twists and like you know surprising you with things that you weren't expecting. And, okay. You know. So you you came for the action but stayed for like those things you just yeah mentioned. yeah. Okay. So they're good. The, the plot isn't completely dry around like there it gets into some very deep conversations and there's a lot of like you know with you know teachings and stuff so they throw a lot of like you know moral and ethical teachings and like ways of thinking and rationalizing and but okay so uh, all right you know like typical kung fu stuff 
So like, but how isn't that like, how isn't that solace in a world where like there's destruction around you? Like, it, it's it's well, it's no it different for like any kind of story where like the teacher kind of teaches them a way to get out of the hood. You know, like this is kind of an oasis for these people who otherwise would have been victims of you know a tragedy. It's it's different and, like, because he's teaching them peace. He's yeah. teaching them how to like channel although, their anger or whatever. Although the kids, they they they're all victims. Um, well, it's not clear that they're all victims of the. Uh, the Silencio is for sure. Silencio for sure. The other two, I don't think they really get into it ever. Like okay. how they ended up there. Gotcha. If they did, I don't remember. But I, I Silencio was the only one that they were like, oh, his backstory, you know, like, it's fucked up. Yeah. But um, other than that, like, there's no crime in the town. Town's pretty chill. Everybody's out and about. You know, they what get I mean? shot down. They get mowed down in the first episode. Okay, so that, like, someone see, comes and shoots down an innocent bystander for no reason. Okay, okay, so that did happen in the first episode. I don't remember if that happened or not. I don't <laughs> want to spoil it. But yeah, but before that, you know, like up to that point, the town was peaceful. People were out in their yeah. merchants. You know, they're going to church. You know, like everything was really peaceful. So they're not sheltered from gang violence or anything like that because the town was and that was that's the whole point of the of the the show is that the town was calm and then the narco shit happened yeah, well that's a very kung fu thing yeah like that there was peace and then there wasn't exactly yeah so so okay so i guess my next question i guess is a good segue is what was your exposure or kind of like what you saw latinos were they obsessed with kind of like kung fu movies and oh, yeah. things of that culture yeah yeah especially because i i would go to mexico a lot and we'd always get to see the the Spanish stuff kung fu, kung fu movies. So mm-hmm. I see Bruce Lee with a Spanish, oh, yeah. <laughs> like doing all the voices and shit. Yeah, the all voiceovers and which uh, funny side fact. I learned that one man and one woman, the same couple, did the dubs for all the voices for all the movies from that era, from like the eighties. Like the English versions. The English versions. So they dubbed it in Spanish. It was the same two people just changing up their voices. Really? Yeah. So that's why when you listen to them, like, it's just the, the voices always sound whack. Well, I mean, that's also, like, Westerns did that a lot. Like, Sergio Leone was notorious for that because he would shoot everything with no soundtrack and then he would dub it over. That's why mm. the voices always sound like shit. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think aesthetically, I dig that. Like, there was a lot of, like, kind of, like, muted tones and, like, a lot of, like, you know, there was the. I thought the skin tone thing was great because yeah. I did grow up with anime, and it was great to see kind of a Latino kid in animation in general because there's not much of them. There's there's very like very very few representation. I'll give him this. I mean, you don't really see the 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 negative stereotypical Mexican. Like you don't see some fool in a poncho and a sombrero sleeping on a cactus. You don't see them begging. You don't see them all dirty or drunk. You know, you don't see that in this. You do see Mexicans in their all big buff badass motherfuckers ready to get down working hard and you know like they're all like feed me you know what i mean yeah so there's that more like okay these mexicans are strong and they're forced to be reckoned with okay you know versus they're lazy they're dirty you know they're alcoholics kind of i mean shit. that one character oh there's one questionable there's questionable there's that one question possibly but, has to go to a you never know he's he's kind of like a uh, that's his character well his whole thing is he's like his fighting style is like a drunken master or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about like the mysticism behind, like the Mexican mysticism behind it? Like there is very much like this kind of like, it's not a demonic. Is it a demonic thing? Is it like a... It's like it's typical brujeria. And also, oh, so, so it, the brujeria is kind of on point. I Did a, you grow up with that in your life? Like surrounding I, you? It was adjacent. Okay. You know, it was adjacent. Like a, I never grew up with it in my life. 
but it was like la tia fucked with it or something like that mm. you know or, see my family was christian we never did yeah so well yeah so my family's catholic but okay also christian but anyways there was a point my dad told me this story once and um this guy he knew like was like hey dude like my dad was going through a lot of issues at this one point you know whether it be financial or whatever personal and uh he just had like a strong a string of bad luck you know you ever mm. you know you get through those points in life where it's just I like this shit today <laughs> <laughs> yeah like nothing's going your way and this guy's like hey you know what um guillermo my dad's also guillermo's like um you know you might be cursed there might be somebody that you saw you know mm. like you know like you 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 know alguien te chola sal you yeah. know that kind of comment and he's like i don't know man i'm starting to believe it my dad was like so he's like you know what i have a friend that can help you out you down he's like fuck it i'll you know i'll try it out yeah so they go to some place here in like echo park silver lake mm-hmm. right and this guy's got this house on the hill and he they go in through the back and in the back of the hill my dad describes a tunnel like a small tunnel that goes through this piece of the mountain that was in his backyard it wasn't very long he said it was like about like 20 maybe 30 feet long mm. right but he's like dude we went in there and there were skulls all up in the wall, like Indiana Jones shit, like with candles and a bunch of skulls, mm. you know, and like portraits and bottles of liquor and like molding bread and shit like that. Mm. And he's like, dude, it was weird as fuck. And he's like, okay. He's like, this is what you got to do. Like, we're going to walk through here and I'm going to ask him to see if anybody wants to help you. Right. I guess it's a tunnel full of ghosts. Okay. So my dad walks through this shit and this guy starts doing these fucking brujeria chants and shit. They're like, oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. And then, and, then, and then when they get out, like, that there's, like, that dude's, like, you know, a little shaken. He's like, hey, dude, so, look, this one fool said he'll help you. But this was kind of shady. like in, The you know, ghost? Yeah, the ghost. Oh, okay. He's like, he's kind of shady, and you don't want to, like, you know, quedar mal. You don't want to, like, so he's like, like, he asked for a couple bottles of liquor. <laughs> Got alcoholic like, ghosts and shit. Yeah, and like a couple, like like a mole specific, like mole or whatever the fuck. I mean, yeah. whatever. And then he's like, "Yeah, if you bring that, this guy will help get that curse off of your back. You'll mm. watch your back." So my dad's like, "Okay." We went home, and then I was like, "What happened? How'd you go?" He's like, "Man, fuck that shit." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "I considered it." I was like, "Man, I was kind of desperate," but I was like, "Nah, I don't want to fuck with that kind yeah. of shit." Yeah. So. So. How do you feel like they weaved kind of that mysticism? Like, is there a connection between mysticism, like Mexican mysticism and like narco culture? Because the ones who practice it, at least on screen, are the narcos or whatever. Or yeah. like, I don't know if they're narcos, but the, the gang leader guy, which is Danny Trejo, by the way. Danny Trejo, yeah. Do, is there a lot of that? Yeah, yeah. It, it Actually, that that becomes one of the centerpiece of the show. Okay. The, the, all the brujería and the mysticism, it gets very like, that's pretty much what they're dealing with in the show. Because, okay, so another example of Brujeria and Narcos, Breaking Bad, they have kind of like the, they talk about Santa Muerte at some point. Yeah. And like how that relates to, you know, like All of that's what like border doing. town stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was just, uh, was it the, was it, uh, was it the Black Mirror? Was there a Black Mirror episode where they had that one gun? Which gun? There was a, what, was, was it Black Mirror? There was a, an episode where there was a gun that, that had a bullet oh, and yeah. your name appeared on it. And it was a bullet for you. Okay. And it was going to kill you. And it was it had a scorpion on it. And somebody was trying to look for this gun. It was worth millions of dollars. But anybody who came at like the gun looked for its next victim. And you couldn't get rid of it. 
That sounds like Black Mirror. Yeah, I think it's a Black Mirror. But anyways, it's like this brujeria type of gun, too, yeah. with a scorpion in it that used to belong to some narco, and he had a specially made with brujeria. Mm. So that that kind of theme of narcos and brujeria, is, this isn't the first time, you know? like. But it's it's interesting that, like... But it's, it's, it is, like, now being more... It's such, an, it's such an interesting thing that narcos kind of found a way to employ the brujeria to their own gain. You know, like, they yeah. found a way to kind of, like... You know, help me kill this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that that's an interesting thing to see exist in pop culture. Like I wonder if it's part of like being like like rebel culture, you know, like your your anti establishment, your anti you know, whatever that may be. Yeah, because I mean it, it I think that the kind of like mysticism or brujeria that they practice is more of like it's not kind of the indigenous version of like let's give back and respect. It's more like the like paying tribute. It's almost yeah. like paying, like paying a rent to a mobster for like things to go right. You know what I mean? Like, right. Kind of like I'm gonna give you this for you to protect me while I go commit more murder or whatever. Yeah. You know, like it's not. It's just like you, you protect me, and I'll do your bidding. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's an odd it's an odd thing that's going on. Oh, and I before I forget, one of the other things that also kind of exists recently with like Latinos and and kung fu. Roma. Roma had that huge scene where like. All the dudes were kind of practicing, you know, like their yeah. their form yeah. or whatever, and like. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think this show is interesting because it speaks to a lot of like cultures and subcultures and kind of like the way that they intersect. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that people realize how much martial arts is a part of uh, Mexican culture, specifically Mexico, because it's a Mexican border. But yeah, yeah, like Latino or Mexican culture, because. Um, I mean, I grew up in Inglewood, and there were tons of karate and kung fu shops, and they were all, like, either black or Mexican. Mexican, oh. Yeah, yeah. And I actually was part of a kickboxing um, gym for a while, and yeah, this guy was Mexican. Guy got deported by his wife. Anyway, that's another story. But <laughs> Was he Thai? No, he was Mexican. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, but that's that's a big thing. I mean, if you go if you go to most of these shops... Like you know, in the hood, they're all Mexican. There's a bunch of karate and kung fu yeah. shops. If you don't, if you think about it, and you drive around, you'll see them in the little shopping centers next to the liquor stores. I wonder what it is about like the the people who practice it. I mean, I think a lot of it is kind of like channeling anger or like having like a like a discipline outlet, you know, yeah, for yeah. emotions or kind of like what's weighing Learning on you. Learning self defense, growing up in the hood, or you know, like how to control yourself, having a support group. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I had. So the last thing I do usually is we rate it. I do one to five broken TVs. So from one to five, what would you give the first episode? The first episode? Or the and like how, or, how it works yeah. for the rest of the series. Like how the first episode works to kind of build, I don't know, anticipation or like... The first episode was a was a very good... Like if it was an essay, it was a very good first intro, like first paragraph. Like an intro paragraph? Yeah, and a good very intro paragraph. There's a lot of foreshadowing in it. Um um, I w- as a as a as a written piece, I would give it like a good four. As an episode, like a three nine. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I think for me, uh, the things that kind of weighted down for me was like, kind of like the comedic break stuff, like the whimsical kind of like. It's yeah. it's so weird to me that they have the this dialogue that is essentially for kids, it but it's not because, a show for kids. Yeah, you know, because there's there's a lot of blood and gore in it. Like yeah. there, there's some crazy ass shots. It'd be in like there. if Toy Story like was made for adults, but all the dialogue was still for kids. Yeah, it's, it's just odd. Yeah, but I mean, I, overall, I, 
I still want to watch it, which is usually what I want from a pilot. Like if if it makes me want to keep watching it, so I'd probably go like three three point five. Yeah, because it's not like the worst. It's not bad by any measure, and like it's it's pretty good. It's enjoyable, and the action is great. Yeah, I was thinking three seven five. I wanted to give it more credit because it was a good show overall. Yeah. But but know. I think it's it's a great kind of like piece of media that wrestles with a lot of things that are involved with Latinidad or like Mexicanidad yeah. in a way that doesn't get much shine. Like like me, I, me and Galindo talk talk about this a lot. Um. Dope, the movie Dope. Mm-hmm. It it's just, it's this black kid who kind of like is obsessed with various different pieces of pop culture, right? And he's kind of like this kid that doesn't really he kind of exists in the margins. He's not like he doesn't fit in any any kind of role. It's kind of like how we all grew up, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I think we're starting to see more media that kind of is sure, more complicated yeah. and like has these various facets and like it exists in in different levels. Even if it's like a basic storyline, you know, it mm. it still has these various fascinations that are inside of it and kind of weave in throughout the narrative or whatever yeah yeah but but yeah i don't know i, I think it, it, it should get merit extra points because of the way it does tackle all those issues yeah head on i know? agree so the last thing we do is do you think that there'll be a second season and if so or just in general how long do you see this going for okay yes you'll think there'll be a second season yeah it hasn't be... been renewed yet by the way okay it's it's I think it'll be a second season. Okay. And that's going to be interesting. I mean, so you, so based on the story you'll think there'll be a second season, but based on like well yeah, they 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 have more to, they left it with more to grow. Okay. Yeah. You know, like I think I'm always like kind of too I'm really not conservative, but kind of like I err on kind of like the lower side. So and and Netflix has already gone on record saying that they don't like to green light after the second season okay. because then they have to like you know it's different things having to karen told me this by the way she's gonna get mad if i don't mention it <laughs> um it's like budgets and also just like contracts things like that but i imagine that it's way harder to make an animated show because it takes longer to do more manpower and it's it's but i think if it resonates which that's the thing that i'm worried about well, they're, they're I haven't not, seen not really a lot of advertising people. it. Yes, I haven't seen a lot of people talk about it. Yeah. So I don't know how long it'll go. I think maybe a second season for sure, but I don't know if it'll it'll last a lot longer than that because I haven't seen anybody really talk about it. Yeah, nobody's been talking about it. It's not getting like press in terms of like critiques or anything yeah. like that. I mean, maybe this will this this podcast will get it to get it a second season. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope so, the two man, listeners. Because I'm a fan. I, li- I like that. Yeah. It's something I, I, just, I watch with my kids, you know, yeah. especially the way they deal with a lot of different issues with uh, self-restraint, with their own anger, yeah. you know, with uh, interacting in relationships. I mean, it, it, it touches a lot of issues, you know, a lot of subjects, you know, that, yeah. that, that I think sometimes cartoons nowadays or animes kind of skim over. Mm-hmm. They go a little deeper into that. They actually get into deep conversations with each other about it. Okay. So cool. I appreciated that. All right. Well, that's all I have. Um, you want to, I don't know, plug your socials or something? What what memo writes for LA Taco? I uh, yeah, I do a lot of stuff for LA Taco. I write He's big on Instagram. I'm on El Tragone and on Instagram. Um, I'm new to Twitter. I have no idea what I'm doing on there, but you can follow <laughs> me there too. If you see me fuck up and do something stupid, yeah, and I'll, I'll tag him on everything so you can follow. But yeah, cool. It's been All fun, right. guys. Thanks, Steve, for having me. Of course. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace. Peace.